Our Bible readings today are taken from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter four, just a few verses we have there. And then Solène will bring us our reading from Matthew's gospel. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and they will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them? The way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Solène is going to bring us our reading from Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. Our second reading is from Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have, there, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth do not, not the small disappear, mm-hmm. not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of 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 the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches the commandments will be called great in the kingdoms of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Right. Let's take Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Open our eyes and our hearts that we might see wonderful things in your laws. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. 
our Lord. Amen. If you had 24 hours to live and you knew it, what would you say? Who would you tell? That's, you speak about Jesus. Well, that's exactly what Moses had. And he spoke about God. He spoke about the important things that he wanted to share with that people called Israel. God had given them that name. And Israel means, amongst other names, he wrestles. This people wrestled with God. They were not sure. They had questions. They doubted. They struggled. Occasionally, they submitted. That was the encouragement that Moses brought before them in this last 24 hours. And the book of Deuteronomy, well, it was written as three sermons that Moses delivered in that last day of his life. He knew that he had reached the end of his days and he wanted to get across uh, these key things. And we get to hear those first few verses of his first sermon. You'll be glad to know we're not going to look at the second sermon, which actually goes on for almost 30 chapters. That was, he had a lot to say and he wanted to get it across to them. Deuteronomy means the second law. And you know, in any relationship, we have standards, we have expectations. God had expectations. As we started this service, remembering what that person on Alpha had said, she remembered that God had been faithful throughout her life. God was a faithful God, and he wanted his people to know that he was faithful and for them to be faithful in return. And here we have God setting out his standards in the book of the law. The previous book had taken 40 years to write. It was an account of the people's disobedience, of their wanderings, of their discrepancies, their failures. And Moses himself recognized his failings. And he said, I stand before you, yet with all my failings, but I want to share this with you. And he knew that he wasn't going to enter and take possession of that land because of his disobedience. And standing before him were not the people that had left Egypt, but it was their children. And he was now speaking to them. Be faithful to a faithful God. That was the message of really the whole of the book of Deuteronomy. But I don't know about you. You know, we're told to eat well, to sleep eight hours a day, to do enough exercise. We know it's good for us. I know it's good for me, but do I? I often have a fruit bowl that's filled with fruit because I know it's good for me to have that fruit. And then I watch as those apples sort of slightly turn yellow, go that soft sort of stage that they go to and I think I must eat them. And eventually I do and I don't enjoy them at their best. We do stuff that we shouldn't do, and we don't do the things that we know are good for us. We seem to have a flair at doing that. As I said, Israel had been wrestling and had been doubting. Moses had reminded them of their story. And then in verse one, we heard from Deuteronomy. Now listen, people, listen, Israel. Hear the decrees and laws 
Moses is going to go on and say the decrees and laws over a hundred times more in his next 24 hours. Basically is saying, God has given us this. Pay attention to it. And this book is about how they respond. We actually didn't read verse two, but it says, do not subtract. Do not take away the things you don't like. And if you're super keen, don't add extra things that aren't written there. Do what's written. So they've heard the laws. And what does he say? So that you may live. And he also says, obeying will earn you the respect of the people who are around you. I wonder for us, as we take on all of God's word, who's watching us? Who's living around us? Who's in our communities? Who's just noticing how we live, how we live with one another? God says the people will notice. They not necessarily know who we serve because it says in the texts, text about those gods who, who you serve, they seem ever so near. And Moses says, yes, you know, what other nation has a God who is near, a God who hears and a God who speaks? We have his word because he is still speaking to us today. He didn't leave us without his word. Not only by the Holy Spirit does he speak into our hearts and minds, but as we open his word, he speaks to us again and again. I'm just thinking last week, a couple of people at Alpha were saying how they have started to read the Bible and how they're so amazed that God is speaking right into their situation today. Have you had that experience recently where you've opened the Bible and God has spoken into the very situation or struggle that is before you that day? And of course, Moses goes on to say, share them. Don't just keep that for yourself. Tell somebody else. It's so encouraging, isn't it, when somebody tells us something that they sense they've heard from God or that they've read from God and that has really brought life to them today. That's such an encouragement. So when you hear God speaking to you as you open his word, share it with somebody else. If they're willing to listen, they will receive that life too. But I think the question that lies before us, who wrestle with God, it seems, today, just as much as the people of Israel, the people called Israel did in that day, is, is this word the word of God? Now, on Sunday, Doug played a short video clip from that famous 20th century evangelist, Billy Graham. And he held God's word and he said, I call this God's word. I'm speaking God's words when I speak the words of the Bible. Do you believe it? And that is the question I think that's before us today. Do I believe that those words are God's words? I think it's the most important question that we can ask, ask ourselves. Because if it is, we have the most trustworthy revelation 
of God to us, to each one of us, in our own language. It's important for us to have it in our own language. What a blessing it is that we have it in so many languages. I was just reading a friend that I knew from Reigate who has gone back out to a particular group that she has been working with in the Gambia, in Senegal. 16,000 in that community who 10 years ago didn't have God's word at all. And then they got one gospel. Now they have four gospels and they have the Psalms. I wonder if that for us is an encouragement. Am I speaking to people today who haven't dared open God's word, fearing maybe that they won't, God won't speak, or it's been so long since you've opened the Bible or listened to the Bible? You might not understand it, but God wants to speak to each one of us in a language that we can hear. And maybe the Gospels and the Psalms are a beautiful place to start. And when you do, let me know. Let me know what you hear from God as you do. But is God's word trustworthy? There are so many ways that we could look into God's word and see why it is trustworthy. But I just today want to share a few points as to why Jesus says that the word of God is trustworthy. You see, he has his testimony about the Bible. If we accept Jesus' teachings, will we accept that he finds all his teachings in the book of the law, the prophets, and he also says in the Psalms? See, very often people say to me, well, I follow Jesus and Jesus' words. Good. That's a really wonderful place to start. But Jesus had the Bible too, and his words weren't yet written. He went to the Old Testament and he endorsed that. In Mark chapter 7, Jesus had just quoted from the law of Moses the very area that we've just been hearing from in the Old Testament. But he didn't just quote the Ten Commandments. He also quoted from other parts of the law of Moses, those first five books of the Old Testament. And he set it against the teachings of the Pharisees, the tradition of the time. And he says, you, speaking to them, you nullify, you cancel the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down and you do many things like that. So what did Jesus say about the Bible, the Old Testament? He called it the word of God. You nullify the word of God. And he was talking about Moses' words. Today, there's a battle on, particularly for those first five books of the Bible. Are they God's word? Jesus says, yes, they are. And then in our reading that Solemn brought us from Matthew chapter five, we only heard three verses. Jesus says, not the smallest letter, iota in the Greek, 
which is indeed a smaller letter than any other letter in, uh, sorry, in Hebrew. All the characters are of a certain size except for that one. He says, that will not disappear and neither will the little inflection. If you've ever looked at Hebrew, it has little squiggles and, and flicks and dots and ticks. Well, the smallest one, the tittle as it is in an old translation, that will not disappear. So Jesus is saying every single word, every word, every part of the word is vital. He accepts its authority. And if he accepts its authority and we accept Jesus and Jesus' words, then that is the way forward for us, that the Old Testament scriptures are trustworthy. In Luke chapter 24, when Jesus is speaking to those disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus begins at Moses and all the prophets, expounding to them the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And then further on, he says, all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, those first five books, in the prophets, that's the rest of the Old Testament. And then he says, and in the Psalms, that's the whole of the Old Testament. And those Jewish hearers would have recognized that Jesus was talking about the whole Jewish Bible. But what about the New Testament? Is that trustworthy? Did Jesus set his stamp on that also? He did. He did it by way of anticipation. In John chapter 14, we hear Jesus saying, the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, which I have said to you. So he set his stamp of authority on the teachings that the apostles will give about himself and what the Holy Spirit will also reveal to them after Jesus has died. Jesus trusted in all the scriptures and he knew what was coming. If we accept the authority of Jesus as our Lord, let's accept the Bible that he inspired because it's either Christ and the whole Bible or no Bible and no Christ. And there are some who say today that they believe in Christ, but not in the Christ of the New Testament. But there is no Christ except the Christ of the New Testament. Any other Christ than the Christ of the New Testament is purely a figment of our imagination. As wrestling people, are we going to wrestle with scripture or receive it? In Psalm 121, the psalmist says, look up, look up to Jesus, look up to the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you does not slumber, does not sleep. He will watch your every move, your going and your coming, both today and forevermore. Look up, look to Jesus, and then look out. Look out to the people around us. The fastest growing church in the world at the moment is the church in Iran. They don't have time to train up pastors for seven years and send them through this college and that and this hoop and that. They say, if you've read God's word, if you believe and trust in it, give it to another person. Share it with them. Look at the scriptures together and go with one another on that journey to life. Will we do the same for our neighbors, our friends, our family? As we open the gospels, will we ask of it just two questions as we submit to God? What does it tell me about you, Lord? And what does this mean for me today? Those are two important questions to ask the word of God. What are you saying, Lord? What am I to do about it? Amen.